The relationship between the U.S. and the U.K. has always been a bit tenuous, but in the fall of 2010, a loving union brought the two nations closer than they've ever been. When Katy Perry, America's own bosomy songbird, announced that she was dating Russell Brand, the U.K.'s favorite fast-talking, gaunt comedian, we all got just a little bit closer. Then last year, in a turn of events no one could have possibly predicted, the two celebrity crazies called it quits and cross-cultural sideways glances began anew. In hopes of reminding the two nations of those beautiful 16 or so months of solidarity, (laughs) we're pitting comics from both countries against each other in a pop culture quiz. Which makes perfect sense, right? (laughs) You're listening to International Waters. International Waters is supported by donations from folks like you at MaximumFun.org slash donate. And by IFC presenting Comedy Bang Bang, Friday nights at 10, 9 central. It is a very, very strange version of a talk show hosted by Scott Ackerman and the hilarious Reggie Watts. Comedy Bang Bang, Fridays, 10, 9 central on IFC. Hello, and welcome to International Waters. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. As ever, I'll be mediating this noble endeavor from my luxury recording yacht, which is currently anchored in a mid-sized pond in the neutral nation of Switzerland. We got it there with logs, I guess. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Rolling it on logs? That's how they built the pyramids, maybe? (laughs) If you listen closely, you can actually hear the sweet song of one of Switzerland's famous alpine horns. Shh. Playing for the Stars and Stripes this week, a comedian who's a regular at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Hollywood and the host of the smash hit podcast, Throwing Shade, Mr. Brian Safi. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well. I'm delighted to have you on the program. As you know, I'm a big fan. Thank you. Um, I, I will say the same to you. I, however, I have been informed that I I thought that I was your biggest fan, Brian. Mm-mm. But it turns out that you have a bigger fan even than me. I have my first stalker. <laughs> Congratulations, oh, Brian. I can't tell you. It's like it's the most exciting thing that's happened to me in a while. And how did this come about? It's through it was through the podcast. I get like 18 emails a day. I've actually never written him back, but I am in love with him. He wants to get a puppy. Sure. He's offered to fly me to Bora Bora. I don't know if that's with him or if it would just be a solo trip. <laughs> I'm he good probably just wants way. you to get a little time to think about the choices you've made in your life. Sort of eat, pray, love style. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm going to do all those things. And uh, yeah, I really think it's probably, it's probably meant to be as long as, you know, there's no horse head in my bed at any point but even <laughs> then if, if Bora Bora is on the table I will take the horse head that's a fair trade to you yeah absolutely Bora Bora <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> no I'm it's it's uh yeah we're definitely gonna get married so and also playing for God's United States of America she's one of the founders of the San Francisco Sketch Fest and she's the host of the podcast the JV Club 
Miss Janet Varney. Hey, Janet, how are you doing? Jesse, I'm great, and no one will ever describe me as gaunt, but <laughs> I'm trying to work through that right now because it's very disappointing. Um, I uh, I was excited to see that you had Connie Chung on your podcast recently. I did. Legendary newscaster Can Connie Chung. It? Yeah. How do you even... Did someone just email you and say, Connie Chung is my mom? Or <laughs> <laughs> No, I, uh, you know, I had met her because um, th- th- we, with the festival, we were doing a tribute to Diane English and Candace Bergen. Yeah. And we wanted to find someone to moderate that that sort of made sense. And I had heard that Connie had done an episode of Murphy Brown. And uh, and I just wrote her a letter and and pitched her on the idea. You and like sent, you actually wrote her an actual letter. I wrote her an actual. I, I don't. You know what? I wrote her a letter on stationery that I then emailed uh-huh. a PDF of. So I should say <laughs> I didn't like. I what didn't is like even the point of writing. Open the up an then? envelope and like a stamp and you like just put wanted... it in the, cross my fingers and put it in the mailbox. But I did. I did. Put it on letterhead. In so PDF you form. think you think that the act of writing a letter and putting it in a mailbox is something that only a ten-year-old boy with a lisp would I do? I sure hope my pen pal writes me back. Right. Uh, but instead, attaching a PDF to an email, thus making the email notably more yes, inconvenient. Yes, so the, the person who sends the PDF uh, via email clearly uses this voice. It's the grown-up version of the ten-year-old uh, after speech therapy. It's it's literally the most steps to send a letter I've ever. Heard. <laughs> yeah. By the way. I don't even think you can lick a stamp anymore. They're all self-adhesive. But You dictated it to your secretary. I did. Then had your secretary play it back to you. I did. You memorized yes. it. Yes. Then wrote it in shorthand. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Playing for the Nation, where the hit TV shows go on for six whole episodes, is half of the <laughs> podcast Answer Me This Miss Helen Zaltzman. Hey, Helen, how are you doing? Uh, hello, Jesse. I'm a bit creeped out, to be honest, because the studio we're in is dark blue, windowless, and it is only lit by screensavers and a red lava lamp. <laughs> oh, my. Wait, are you recording this in, like, the offices of a SanFrancisco.com from 1993? Yeah. I don't know, but I think we're all going to have an audience. on the later. set of the net. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds very romantic, though. Like, I, I love the way your body flickers in the light of the flying toasters. <laughs> it's actually that screensaver that looks a bit like um, some kind of underwater creature, but is is just Windows abstract. <laughs> and everyone does look, it's very flattering, actually. You know, if you're looking for mood lighting, I'd recommend it. Helen, I have a question for you, which is that, uh, you know, your your entire podcast is predicated upon listener questions, questions that yeah. listeners send in to you. Yeah, because so then we otherwise we'd have to think of our own material. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a lot of fans in the United States as well as a lot of fans in the UK. Is there like a difference between the questions that you get from Americans and the questions you get from Britons? Well, we have um, currently we have an American fan who sends us about 30 emails a day and uh, they're things like uh, what do you think of Kathy Griffin who we don't have over here so it's not a problem for us <laughs> it's not a concern that you might be forced to think of no Kathy 100% Kathy Griffin free since the time immemorial <laughs> I don't know what we're missing is she any good what does she do is she a griffin I don't know <laughs> yes she's a griffin <laughs> yes she is it's just a griffin named Kathy I think I've seen pictures she's got formidable claws <laughs> Joining Helen, a comedian and actor you might recognize from the TV shows Spaced and Luther or the movie The Kill List, it's Michael Smiley. Hey, Michael, how are you? Not too bad. How are you, big lad? 
I'm good. I appreciate that you've given me that affectionate nickname. <laughs> well, we'll start with it. I might give you another one by the end of it. Don't worry. I'm guessing by uh, the accent in which you are speaking that you are from Northern Ireland. And That's I have correct. a Northern I'm, Ireland related question. I'm from question Northern Ireland. You. I'm from um, Hollywood, Northern Ireland. <laughs> My stepmother is from Belfast, and um, I recently visited her family in Belfast, and her uncle gave us this driving tour of Belfast, just, you know, driving around, taking us to different spots, um, and every spot was associated with a nightmarish, horrific tragedy that he laughed at. <laughs> that was, like, w- without exception, there was, he would say, like, Oh yeah, that's where they, uh, you know, murdered fifty teenagers and then lit them on, lit their bodies on fire. Oh, that was a sad day. That ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> is that just? Does that? Just, my stepmother is the same way. Does that just come with the territory? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> They're proud of their heritage and they want to show it off. Yeah, very much, very much indeed. You know. Uh, Belfast history, pretty much as far as the rest of the world's concerned, is either the Troubles or uh, the Titanic. So, <laughs> if that's your history, you might as well play with it a bit longer. You know what I mean? But by well, the I way, mean, the Titanic was f- all right when it left us. I mean, to be fair, you also have uh, the DeLorean. No. He was one of yours that came over to us. <laughs> Couldn't get any money off Maggie Thatcher, so he came to Belfast. <laughs> Um, oh, back to the future. At Belfast, it was just back to the back of the queue. <laughs> well, gang, thanks for joining us here on the show. Let's get on with it. We're going to start the show with our pop culture warm-up, What's the Story? I'll be asking our panelists questions about a variety of recent cultural events. They'll get two points for correct answers and one point for incorrect answers that I think are funny. Since buzzers would upset the delicate Swiss watchwork going on near this pond, uh, and also the insurance calculations, we're not going to be able to use the expensive new buzzer system that I've just had installed uh, in response to complaints about a lack of buzzers on previous episodes. Mm -hmm. So instead, you'll have to choose a buzz-in word that you think best represents your home nation. I'm going to start with uh, my friends over there in London. Uh, Guys, what word do you think best represents... Uh, the nation which you are representing in this contest? Um, disappointment? <laughs> Is that too long for a buzzer word? It's self-fulfilling, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think uh, I think that if anyone has made an art of modest expectations, um, it's the self-effacing Britons and their international empire that crumbled. Oh, you um, make us so- blush with your compliments. <laughs> so I think I think disappointment's a great one. Um, United States, uh, what word would you like to use to buzz in? Carbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've got a three-syllable advantage. I'm oh, that's true. <laughs> well, it's quick. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> but don't let it touch your tongue. <laughs> okay, uh, the UK will be buzzing in with disappointment, the US with carbs. Get your buzzwords ready <laughs> because here comes your first question. According to the UK's most trusted news source, Now Magazine, what are Prince William and Kate Middleton planning to call their first child, who, by the way, has not yet even been conceived, if it is a girl? Disappointment. Yeah, UK. 
loophole. <laughs> That's incorrect, but it's good for a point. I thought this you actually want to take a stab answer. at this thing? It sounds really good with a German accent as well. <laughs> um, I guess... They're definitely not naming it Pippa because that's just going to overshadow everybody. Yeah. Maybe they'll just name it Butt. What if they na- maybe they'll name it Beckham? Gross. Beckham. That's incorrect, but I'll give you a point just for saying Butt. I think Thank it's you. pretty but. safe that anytime you say Butt, you can get a point out of me. Um, the correct answer, though, is Diana. Um, reached uh, for comment. Oh. Everyone in the entire world remarked. Uh, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I can't believe it took them that long to make up that story. I mean, it's pretty much the first wave of thought when you're thinking of stories to invent about them. I'm surprised they haven't used it. Here's the next question. Jim Carrey just announced that he won't be participating in a sequel to which of Carbs. his previous... Hold on, let me read the whole question. I should have mentioned this at the top. Let me read the whole question. Jim Carrey just announced that he won't be participating in a sequel to which of his previous hit films? Disappointment. UK. Dumb and Dumber? That's absolutely correct. I've been wrong. Now you know what disappointment is, USA. You've got to be quick on the draw, Janet. But I was too quick on the draw. Ah, dry your eyes, love. This is what happens when you play by the rules. (laughs) Everything I've been taught about what it means to be an American and not play by the rules is just going to give you a rich round of nuts. Now you'll never conquer India. Never. Dumb and Dumber is the correct answer for two points. Director Kenneth Branagh accepted a knighthood from the Queen recently. Why was that decision particularly unusual? Carbs. United States. I can't think of the last good thing he's done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is it because the Queen is a massive fan of Thor? Yeah, I think a lot of people liked Thor. That is not a reason to knight anyone. (laughs) (laughs) UK, have you got a guess on this one? Good God, no. (laughs) <laughs> is it unusual because he's also from Belfast like Michael and Michael doesn't have a knighthood no one from Belfast allowed one is that the reason have you disinherited Kenneth Branagh as a as a nation slash group of islands thinking about it yeah Kenneth Branagh he live, he's got his own island just off the coast of um, the Azores <laughs> it's called, it's called Branagland <laughs> It's got a roller coaster. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's got a, it's got a, um, and it's got a mountain made of granola. <laughs> that would be so and, weird if what we didn't know was that Kenneth Branagh was locals. your Michael Jackson. Like <laughs> if he just had a weird world to himself that somehow America didn't know yeah. about. I wonder what Kenneth Branagh would be like without source material. Oh, <laughs> like he's only adapted. Yeah. Um, All of those answers are incorrect, though I'll give you each a point. Um, The real reason that it was unusual is that Kenneth Branagh refused the honor back in 1994. Um, Also unusual was the fact that he directed that weird Frankenstein movie with Robert De Niro, and he has no lips. That's right. Yeah. Forgot about that. Lipless. You know who else didn't have lips? Michael Jackson. You're so right, see? Yeah. But at least he drew them on. stumbled upon something here today. (laughs) Michael Jackson drew them on. Yeah. (laughs) Now I really want to see Kenneth Branagh with drawn on lips. Do you think Michael Jackson ever went through a period where he drew on like Cupid lips? You know, with the little yeah, he went little through. W. He went through all the decades. He did. He went through Bella Pock. He, he went through 20s. everything. Yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. He just, he just started with the Gilded Age and just, yeah. just a real yeah. lip historian. He's like a check, lip historian. Check out these lips from the age of the robber barons. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Okay, here's our next question. Animal rights activists are upset that CeeLo Green wants to have what with him on the next season of the reality competition series The Voice. Uh, oh, car. Okay. Uh, the UK. Yeah, he wants to ride in on a shaved otter. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to have a basket of baby seals next to him, and every time he turns his chair around, one of them is going to get clubbed. It's just the way he works. I mean, you should have seen the set of Forget You. <laughs> That's good for a point, but it's yeah. not the right answer. Yes, it is the right answer. His publicity team don't want you to know. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say a cat. Uh, no. no, I I think that is a good idea. I mean, he does look like the kind of guy who should be stroking a Persian cat at all times, right? Um, with those tiny, tiny little arms. Yeah. But the correct answer is actually a Malukan cockatoo. Of course, it is. I know. <laughs> that was my second guess. Only from CeeLo is that boring. Yeah. You know, um, so predictable. Apparently, activists are upset because they think that a reality show is no place for a bird because they're sensitive to loud noises, they're susceptible to stress, and they've been a lot more into top model lately. Right. <laughs> While over here, a dog won Britain's Got Talent, so we have no such concerns about animal welfare. <laughs> Evidently not. What did the dog do to win the competition? Yeah. Oh, no, no, it probably blew all the judges. <laughs> At the end of that round, the UK has taken a commanding five points to two lead. Oh, this uh, is rough. My yeah. granny's toast. <laughs> we celebrate with restraint over here. It's our way. <laughs> You're listening to International Waters. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne, aboard the luxury recording yacht in Switzerland. In Los Angeles, California, representing the U.S. of A, Janet Varney and Brian Safi. In London, England, Helen Zaltzman and Michael Smiley. So now we're going to steer into some more specialized waters with some questions sent in by professional wrestling superfan and international waters listener Steve Bernard Jr. Thank you for the questions, Steve. Our first question goes to the U.K. Shohai Giant Baba is the co-founder of which Japanese wrestling promotion? Is it A, Wrestly Wrestly Fun Time, B, All Japan Pro Wrestling, C, the Mount Fuji Grapple Society, or D, Pro Wrestling Gaiden? Uh, C? Oh, it's got to be That's A, it. Wrestly Wrestly Fun Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have two wrestly, jobs. Wrestly Fun Time, chance. Sleepy Sleepy Shim Sleep. Wait, have you guessed now every single one? Yep. Yeah, you can't just guess all of the different answers in sequence until I tell you that you're correct. You should have specified that before. Yeah. <laughs> you should have started well, it with that. unfortunately, despite all your guesses, you're incorrect. The correct oh. answer is B, All Japan Pro Wrestling. Giant oh, Baba what? founded oh. All Japan Pro Wrestling with the sons of the legendary Japanese wrestler Riki Dozan. Rick. Duh. Ricky Dozo. <laughs> that guy kills we, me. You know, he does, he does we did me mention that massive. these are super fan questions, right? Oh. Um, okay, here's a question for the US of A. Shirley Crabtree is the real name of which famous British pro wrestler? Is it A, Mashy Bangers, <laughs> B, Big Daddy, C, Ed the Duck, or D, The Hot Tin Roof? Oh, oh my. I applaud, by the way, whoever made up all the fake names because they're <laughs> wonderful. 
I, I like the duck I one. I really want it to be Ed the Duck. Okay, so we both like the yeah. Ed the Duck. Well, we're going to guess Ed the Duck. You know what? I like Ed the Duck a lot, too. <laughs> because but it was you a stupid response. Crabtree took his name from the character Big Daddy Pollitt from the film and musical Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, as portrayed on the big screen by the legendary Burl Ives. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to disappoint you, but Ed the Duck would get creamed in any wrestling. <laughs> Apart from maybe arm wrestling. Cream Mashy Bangers is just some Englishy-sounding like nonsense yep. we made up. You've got mashed potatoes there. And Ed the Duck was a puppet who hosted a British children's television program. Uh, yeah. And also a duck. Right. Yeah. I want to see that I wouldn't show. Say that the He's the alter ego of Jeremy Paxman. Tough names. <laughs> of course we went for the cutest one. <laughs> United Kingdom, here's your question. Upon signing with WWE, former Ring of Honor champion Brian Danielson changed his in-ring name to Daniel Bryan and also abandoned his signature submission hold, known as cattle mutilation in favor of a new submission. What is the name of his new hold? Is it A, the garlic press, B, the label lock, C, the face buster, or D, the bed, bath, and beat down? <laughs> wow. Uh, what was it? Could you please repeat B? The label lock. Mm. That's See? a paddy label. <laughs> yes. Wow, the Patti LaBelle lock. I think Face Buster. Or Patti LaBelle's band, LaBelle. Her voice puts a strong hold on your heart. Is Face Buster your final answer? Uh, What do you reckon, Michael? I reckon Face Buster, but I can be swayed. What was the last one? I quite liked the last one. The last one was an obvious untruth. (laughs) The bed bath. Now I'm going to go for Face Buster. I'm going to go for Face Buster. Us, kind. Face Buster is a great guess... But it's it was also a terrible guess because <laughs> Brian's submission hold, the LaBelle Lock, oh, no. was named after Judo Jean LaBelle, an accomplished judo champion and pro wrestler. The hold is more technically known as an omoplata crossface and less technically known as super painful looking. Sure. Just mega, mega painful looking. Okay, U.S., next question's for you. Which light heavyweight wrestler, who was one half of the tag team, the British Bulldogs, was known for his high-flying style and his diving headbutt finisher before retiring due to injuries in the mid-1990s? Was it A, Roger the Dodger, B, Gentleman Jimmy Carr, C, the Dynamite Kid, or D, Tim Big Dog Westwood? Okay, we are not picking the Dodger one because it's cute. (laughs) <laughs> and there was another one too. Is there a, none of them have to do with the duck? <laughs> no, there's no duck one. Is here. there a goose? Is there a goose, Jesse? <laughs> there's um, not even a gosling. Damn it! Um, I thought the gentleman one was sort of yeah. I like the that dynamite one. kid sounds. It sounds so too American, it sounds like forties or fifties or. And something. What was the fourth one? Uh, Tim Big Dog Westwood. Oh, that's kind of good too. I, but it's not as much of a... I think we go with the, the with gentleman. B, What's the, the gentleman, gentleman what? Oh, yeah. Uh, B is your answer. Gentleman Jimmy Carr? Yes. Yes. That's incorrect. Uh, <sighs> Jimmy Carr is a very famous British comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just glad you didn't pick Tim Big Dog Westwood. Tim Westwood is a British radio host who is like 50 years old and talks like a British Busta Rhymes. Oh. Just really weird Funkmaster Flex copy. And his dad's a bishop. 
<laughs> I did not know that about Tim Westwood, yeah. but that is tremendous. The whole thing is a very uh, elaborate tissue of lies. <laughs> Tom Billington, better known as the Dynamite Kid, oh, wrestled sorry. in the U.S., oh, U.K., and all over the world, but he retired from wrestling due to injuries sustained through his career in 1997. England's other noted Tom Billington is a folk singer whose recent album, As Luck Would Have It, featured, quote, banjo-led campfire tunes with gothic backing vocals from his mother's women's choir. (laughs) And it also featured zero flying headbutts. At the end of that round, the UK still holding on to a four-point lead. Now's the time on International Waters where we welcome a celebrity guest. Later, we'll be asking our panelists to pitch our guest potential next projects. But first, let's chat with writer A.J. Jacobs. He's a best-selling humorist whose work appears regularly in Esquire magazine. He's the author of numerous bestsellers, including Know-It-All about getting smarter, for which he read the Encyclopedia Britannica from A to Z, The Year of Living Biblically, which chronicled exactly that, a year spent studying the Bible and living as closely to its rules as he could. And his newest book is Drop Dead Healthy, One Man's Humble Quest for Bodily Perfection, Uh, the absolutely perfect A.J. Jacobs. Welcome to International (laughs) Waters, A.J. Well, thank you very much, it's a delight to have you on the program. Do you feel that you have reached physical perfection? <laughs> well, I always hate to say that I am physically perfect because I know as soon as I say that, some, you know, tomorrow I'll get some horrible disease like rickets or river blindness. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm better than I used to be. That's what I like to say. Um, so you did all kinds of stuff in order to attempt to improve your health for this book. Um, one of the things that you did was do caveman exercises in Central Park. Now, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if I'm exactly correct, but I think they used one of those big machines that puts a strap around you and then it goes, (laughs) is that right? That, they did not use that in this particular. That might have been a different era of the the Paleolithic. You know Uh, what? That didn't come along until the Bronze Age. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what they did, the, the caveman I hung out with, we went to Central Park and we tossed boulders around and we climbed trees and, and uh, you know, ran after squirrels, things like that. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was lovely. And I, I loved these cavemen. They're very, they think we should also be eating like cave people. The squirrels and, uh, that you chase. There's actually <laughs> a little bit of a split in the caveman community. You've got the... Uh, the orthodox cavemen who say that you can only eat raw meat and then sort of the reform cavemen cavemen who say it's you know it's okay to have a little cooking so some of those cavemen they eat carrion right like they eat meat that is slightly rotten yeah and especially internal organs are especially prized so brains livers kidneys that's what gets them going. Wow. Well, okay. Here's one other interesting thing that came up. I know that you spoke or you attempted to speak with another ancient dude, and that was the late Jack LaLanne, uh, the fitness guru of all fitness gurus. Um, he actually passed on before you were able to speak with him. 
Um, but I mean, there's a lot of archival footage of him doing push-ups in a sweatsuit from 1927. <laughs> um, when you learned about Jacqueline and the fitness movement that he started, was there anything that really surprised you about it? Well, people thought that he was crazy. They thought, you know, weightlifting would make you impotent. Uh, and and he also, at times, he was a little crazy. For a while, he drank <laughs> a quart of blood every day because he thought that was yeah. healthy. Uh, oh, my so, uh, I Which I guess is, uh, is kind of uh, current now with all the vampire stuff. He would have fit right in. <laughs> well, if he'd been pitching a show, right? <laughs> yeah. that would have really helped him in the his pitch drinks blood. Was there anything that you felt like was particularly helpful or inspirational that you learned from studying Jack LaLanne? Well, he, I mean, he was an inspirational guy. Like on his 70th birthday, he he swam across a a river tugging 70 boats behind him. (laughs) So uh, that guy, you know, and it was, I was crushed when he died. I had, I was scheduled to interview him. The day after he died. Wow. So uh, I was about to fly out when uh, I found out he died. And he himself said that he, he could not die because it would be bad for his image. <laughs> you made all kinds of changes in your life in the course of pursuing this book. And one of the ones that I thought was really interesting was cutting noise pollution out of your life. So I guess my question is, what was the noise pollution in your life? And also, what does that have to do with your health? Well, I live in New York City, so there's a lot of traffic. And I also live, I have three young sons, and they provide a lot of noise pollution. And <laughs> it's actually, I was surprised to learn, it's, it is a health issue. It's not just for your ears. You will lose your hearing, but, but it also affects the heart because it increases, noise increases stress. And uh, and over time, it can really lead to heart disease. There was one study that said people who work in noisy environments have three times the amount of heart disease as people who work in quiet environments. So, uh, so yeah, I wear a lot of earplugs. <laughs> I really thought the end of that story was going to be that you gave your children up for I know. adoption. I'm so <laughs> pleased that you did not do that. Well, I do. I do wear my ear, my noise canceling earphones around them, and it's uh, it does make parenting much more pleasant. You know, they look very cute with their mouths opening and closing and screaming. <laughs> Dad, I don't feel well. Uh huh. <laughs> you Dad, can't can eat I cereal. Put this fork in the wall. Uh huh. <laughs> I think I don't think I could do anything to control. The noise pollution in my house, which mostly comes from my two small dogs, I think the only step that I could take would probably be some sort of squirrel holocaust. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you will be happy to hear that overall having a dog increases your lifespan. So, you know, petting dogs actually lowers your blood pressure. And I felt I had to do that for my project because I was trying to be as healthy as possible. So I I don't own a dog, but I went to the local dog park and I would pet strangers' dogs, uh, which sometimes creeped them out, but some (laughs) other times they were willing to to let me. That could shorten your lifespan at my local dog park. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of cholo dads that might have a beef with you messing with their pits. Um, so here's a question. You did all these changes in order to uh, live a more healthy lifestyle. And, you know, to some extent, you've made this your career uh, doing weird stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, it still must affect the people around you. What was the thing that you did 
that had the greatest effect on your family and your kids? Well, I'll say compared to my previous, my, right before this, I wrote the book on the Bible. And compared to that, this one was a, a breeze for them. Because when that <laughs> one, I, you know, I had to grow a beard because the Bible says you can't shave. And my wife wouldn't kiss me for six months. And, uh, and then I would, you know, the Bible says you have to build a, a hut a, every year. And I couldn't get permission to build it in, on the sidewalk, so I built a hut in my living room. Uh, and so that kind of thing was much more disruptive than this one. So, uh, but, but I did make my wife do a juice cleanse, which she hated. She lasted exactly three hours. <laughs> That's just having some juice between meals. Yeah. That's not a I juice know. cleanse. I know. I don't know. She said she was, yeah, she had lunch, and then she was on the juice fast for three hours, and she's like, I can't deal with this, and that was it. What were the big things that you held on to after doing all of these crazy little and, and medium-sized things? Well, probably the biggest thing is that I, I try to avoid the sedentary life because the research on sitting at your desk all day is terrifying. You know, one doctor told me that sitting is the new smoking, uh, which is a little bit of an overstatement, but not that much. I mean, it is terrible for your heart. It just leads to heart disease. And so I, I try to get up as much as possible. I bought a, a treadmill, and I put my computer on top of the treadmill, and I wrote the book while walking. Uh, so it took me like 1,200 miles. Uh, but uh, I still do that, so I still ride, I'm on the treadmill most of the day. Wow, that is amazing. I once went to an advertising executive's office in San Francisco, and it was a totally normal office in San Francisco in the in the Presidio, except for the executive, the guy who was in charge of the whole operation, was at one of those weird standing desks in the middle of everything. Oh, uh, yeah. And it made it feel weirdly like an advertising circus or something because right. <laughs> everyone else was sitting at normal desks. <laughs> So he had his head above everyone else, or like the king. I like that. Yeah. You, so, but this makes you the king of your family because you're up on that treadmill. You've got that computer. You've got that whip. You have a whip, right? <laughs> oh, sure. Is anybody else allowed in the hut? I can only assume the hut is still in your living <laughs> <Yes>. room. <laughs> the hut was uh, was taken down, but it was not baby-proofed. That was another thing that annoyed my wife. So, yeah, it was, it was dangerous. They didn't um, baby-proof in the Bible? That's a shame. <laughs> it is. Well, the Bible says the one thing about child rearing in the Bible, you can kill your kids if they misbehave. If they are insolent, you are allowed to stone them to death. So I always threaten my kids with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's funny. When I visited my uh, stepmother's relatives in Belfast, they were often threatening their children with death. <laughs> so that's <laughs> very biblical of them. That's something that Northern Ireland and the Bible have in common. <laughs> Um, as a service to you, AJ, these show business professionals are now going to pitch you your next project. Oh, I love it. Excellent. The winning team. Thank you for this. The winning team, as determined by you, will receive 10 points, just barely enough to close the gap or to widen it to almost unclosable <laughs> proportions. I think we know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, team UK, you're in the lead, so we're going to have you go first. What have you got for AJ? Um, AJ, I think you should travel the world um, alphabetically. 
Um, mud, mud wrestling tramps over the age of 47. And I think just for um, an, an extra challenge, you should uh, do that thing where you repeat the thing that someone has just said to you and see how long you can live for. See how long I can live for. Yeah. See okay. how long I can live for. Yeah, without getting your head punched off your neck. <laughs> While mud wrestling a tramp. tramps, Michael, yeah. I just assumed that you meant like Railway tramps from the Great Depression yeah, um, with bindles, with red bandanas yep. holding sandwiches or whatever same. goes in there, cans of beans and strawberries. You really romanticize yep. tramps, yep. Jesse. Yeah, we're, um, <laughs> Jesse, we're, um, we're speaking from the same hymn That'd book. That would be great, a hobo, yeah. <laughs> we're singing from the same hobo. dictionary. Traveling the world. Except you've got but a more classical like the, uh, hymn book and Jesse's idea. got the modern version. I think Zaire changed its name, so uh, sadly I couldn't end on that. <laughs> that would be a great big finale. U.S. team, what's your pitch to our guest, A.J. Jacobs? We have a pitch that um, you would take insults literally. You have to participate <laughs> in them in a literal fashion. So if someone says, take a hike, you take a hike. If someone says, pipe down, I guess you swallow a pipe. Yep. If someone says, up yours, you figure that out. And, and there's, it gets uh, more progressively more graphic. Someone you have says, to figure some of those out yourself. Yeah. If someone says, go to hell, start digging. Take a long walk off a short pier. That's right. Right, I like it very dangerous. Somebody tells you they're going to fuck you up the arse and set your hair in fire. Could be thought-provoking. Can it? Hey, someone says can it. Maybe you learn how to can. Can. There could be an upside to (laughs) some of this stuff. Move on up to Monterey. Exactly. That's great. Wait, Uh, is move on up to Monterey? Monterey has a cannery. If I could combine them, so taking things literally while traveling the world alphabetically, that would be ideal. But I have to say that... and. This is not just because I'm uh, I'm an American, but I do I do prefer the uh, the taking insults literally by just a little bit. So, we got uh, it on lock. <laughs> you just stare at Trump's AJ. Well, congratulations to Trump's the United States. Ass, Those the ten points close the gap and thrust them into yeah. the lead. You would even <laughs> make the Albanians would get you first. AJ, since your quest for health had a lot to do with dietary issues, we figured that we would give you questions to ask our panelists on issues related to food. So, teams, get your buzzwords ready. And, AJ, let's hear that first question. The first question is, conservatives are mad at which popular cookie for coming out in support of gay marriage? Oh, um... I, I carbs. I'm. I'm just gonna say. Didn't Keebler come out with like a rainbow striped cookie? I think they did in the eighties. <laughs> I don't know if it's still around. Keebler was very eighties. Those little Along elves. With slap bands. Those yeah. three elves living in a tree together. That's right. That's voguing together. I don't know. Wow. Uh, what's a popular cookie? Well, Oreos. They, they seem big yeah. in your country. That's right. Oreos. It is Oreo. It is Oreo. Oh, you know gosh. what? As a group, yeah, you have come up with it. the correct answer. Yeah. The correct oh, answer Helen. is Oreo cookies with rainbow stripes oh. were recently released, which is not only a gay cookie, but specifically a gay Oreo. So I'm going to give both of you guys oh, a point for that thanks. for international cooperation. I did All have right. money on Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. 
I was going to go with custard cups. I thought cups. that was nice because I feel they've always <laughs> promoted racial harmony with the black and the white, right. and now yeah. they're promoting uh, sexual sexuality harmony. So uh, I'm, I'm all for them. Um, AJ, what's our next question? According to Britain's favorite super conservative cellulite and celebrity-obsessed newspaper, the Daily Mail, which of these is a possible cure for cancer? A, Coca-Cola, B, curry, C, seven cups of tea. Um, which of those is a possible cure for cancer? Uh, Carbs, U.S.? Uh, I'm going to say Coca-Cola because that it just would make zero sense. I'm going to say cup of tea because it's the kind of thing the Daily Mail would uh, repeat every three years in its cancer-curing articles with household goods. Well, unfortunately, you are both in. <laughs> I wanted to say curry, curry. Yeah, just because it's because it seems like it's that it's that thing where someone would say if it's it's ethnic, right? Therefore, they've yeah. got it figured out. I thought it was just gonna they were just gonna say something sensational. That's why I eat so much yak cheese. <laughs> right, sure. You've got uh, it figured I out. I thought they were gonna say yes. The answer is curry, yogurt. and specifically turmeric, the spice okay. that's in curry. After a woman claimed eating curries with turmeric in her cured her breast cancer. Uh, so well, there's this no month, control the, experiment, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't double blind. I know that yeah. much. Um, but the male, not known for its uh, scientific rigor, uh, this month they also claimed that men who drink seven cups of tea a day are more likely to get prostate cancer, and Coca-Cola has a dye in it that will give you and everyone you love definitely cancer. Um, International Waters, though, would like to assure its listeners that they have been granted with the gift of immortality just by listening to this program. All right. Unless you read the Daily Mail, which totally gives you cancer. Yeah. (laughs) Then you just eat turmeric and you get better. Not a problem. That's right. (laughs) AJ, what's our next question? New York City recently issued a ban on what sort of beverage? Oh, carbs. Soda. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. What specific type of soda, Brian? Uh, diet soda? Just kidding. Regular soda. <laughs> Brian, you didn't know the answer. Coca-Cola. Uh, uh, I don't. Fanta. Specifically, what kind of soda? <laughs> you're just naming Shasta. soda brands now. <laughs> they put a ban on. I thought it was on every soda. Soda uh, on sugary, sugary soda. soda. You're close. High fructose corn syrup. Not close enough. UK, do you know this one? Tab. <laughs> I'll give you a point for saying the funniest soda. Uh, the correct answer is sodas over 16 ounces in a single serving. Oh. Big sodas is the answer. AJ, what else have you got? Pizza Hut restaurants in the UK will now offer pizza with what in the crust? What do they have in the crust of UK More pizza? pizza. Disappointment. <laughs> Uh, custard. (laughs) (laughs) Oreos. Rainbow custard. (laughs) You guys are both incorrect. Is it burgers? Is it one of those? Oh, no, hot dogs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, God. It's a desperate place here. Someone help us leave. (laughs) Wait, what, you want to come over to the country where we make, like, tacos that have fried chicken inside of Doritos inside of cheese inside of beans? Yes, we all want that. We all want that. Inside a cone of pizza. (laughs) Deep fried. I want to live in a Mississippi colon. (laughs) (laughs) It's creamy. (laughs) 
I recently uh, visited the great city of Detroit, Michigan, which is indeed a grove, spectacularly beautiful city. And one of their local delicacies is uh, the Coney Island, which is a specifically Detroit style, as you can tell from its name, a specifically Detroit style of hot dog that has chili on top of it and onions. And it's a special kind of chili that I was told by someone was made from beef hearts. Oh. Um, and I will tell you that my experience eating a Coney Island led me to believe that cities in general should be less proud of their sort of uh, local variation of the hot dog because all hot dogs don't taste very good. Correct. <laughs> like, they're not the worst tasting thing, but none of them are good. Hot dogs are weird because no matter how long you cook them, they are always pink inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it, oh, it's so weird. <laughs> AJ, what's our next question? Okay, the world's biggest branch of McDonald's is about to open where? Disappointment. Is it in the um, Olympics uh, Village in London? That's absolutely correct. Olympic officials say that building a huge McDonald's restaurant in tribute to an event celebrating health and athleticism (laughs) is just Britain's attempt to win a medal in the one thing that they're good at. Seriously, I'm going to seek asylum in your country. (laughs) (laughs) That one thing England is good at. By the way, clumsy, weapons-grade irony, so rich that you could choke a horse with it. Our thanks to author A.J. Jacobs. His newest book is Drop Dead Healthy, One Man's Humble Quest for Bodily Perfection. Thank you so much for joining us on International Waters, A.J. Thanks, Thanks, A.J. Thanks for having me, and thanks for my next book idea. I'll do two. So at the end of that round, 16 points for the U.S., 15 for the U.K. They're neck and neck. You know what? We would be doing so much better if I just drank a quart of blood a day. Yes. (laughs) Janet, I'm coming right up your ass. You look in your rear view mirror. I'm coming right up your ass, Janet. One point behind you. I'm really glad that you guys aren't doing that thing about taking all of the weird aphorisms literally. I think that's what he had maybe in mind. Um. Okay, folks, we've made it to the final round. The winner of this round receives 1,000 points, making all of the rounds up until now as irrelevant as they were irreverent. Hopefully you weren't trying too hard in any of the rest of the game. This game is called In Defense. Each team will have 60 seconds to leap to the defense of a cultural force that's widely considered to be, you know, bad, Lousy, sucky, terrible, embarrassing, shameful, that sort of thing. The best defense, as judged by me, will receive the 1,000 points. For the UK, you'll be defending Piers Morgan, the disgraced newspaper editor turned Britain's Got Talent judge. He's recently been acting boobish on American television as Larry King's replacement on CNN. You have 60 seconds. Please defend Piers Morgan. Well, Piers Morgan uh, performs a very valuable function in society because uh, when you watch him and you contemplate his face and what lies behind his face and his brain and his manner, you think, even when I'm rock bottom, I have comfort that I am not him and I'm not (laughs) as hated as he is. Um, And and so, you know, psychologists uh, actually pay Piers Morgan just to carry on existing. And also he's very, uh, very important to the NHS because he's very popular amongst the working classes over here, especially um, men in their, uh, over 40, 
because um, if you're going for a colonoscopy, the, um, they show a film of him interviewing people and you forget about the fact that a doctor is um, climbing up your backpipe. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty compelling suggestions, gang. We'll see if the United States can stand up to that really intense line of fire. For the United States, you'll be defending Michael Bay, the Hollywood (laughs) director responsible for, among other movies, The Rock, Armageddon, and the Transformers franchise. He's known for shooting only during the magic hour and also for being a total (laughs) a-hole. You have 60 seconds. Please defend Michael Bay. Okay, the first thing we want to say about Michael Bay is that he has promoted interspecies harmony in a way that most politicians haven't able be able to achieve. When the Transformers first arrived on Earth, I'm talking real life, they couldn't find work. They didn't have any health care. Everyone was scared of them. Uh, he has single-handedly turned everything around. We now live in harmony with the Transformers, and uh, <laughs> it's thanks to his... Uh, franchise of movies. I agree, and I honestly think that the United States has very little credibility anywhere, and we can always hold on to loud and obnoxious. Yes. <laughs> and I think that that's, that's something deeply American and something that I think anyone internationally recognizes. Also, without Michael Bay, probably no MTV Movie Awards. P.S., speaking of MTV, he directed a Lionel Richie video before any of this started, and we all know Lionel Richie is a national treasure. And... We the sound editing uh, category at the Oscars would be completely unpredictable. Thanks to Michael Bay, we know who will win every year. That's so <laughs> true. And you know what? There are a lot of actors who maybe need to be put in their place. Maybe they need somebody to bulldog them and be the most horrible human being on the face of the planet. Yeah. That's time. I've done jury <laughs> wow, service, real... and the defense summation was less impassioned than that. And the crimes weren't as bad. <sighs> We almost did that as if we were in a Michael Bay movie. We were so <laughs> we impassioned. You could have recorded We should have it. shouted more. Yeah. It is the magic hour right now, and I really have been admiring how much our contestants look just positively vibrant as the sun prepares to dip below the horizon. Jesse, you're being too nice to me. Please yell at me as you direct me. <laughs> um, man, that is tough. I really liked the up the, up the back pipe argument. <laughs> I found that pretty compelling just because of its creative use of euphemism. However, this time around, I have to say that I am going to be giving it to the United States for 1,000 points. Um, I could not admire more that argument about how the last thing that we have in the world of international esteem is that we are the loudest and most obnoxious. (laughs) You're all indefensible. So congratulations to our winners, the United States of America. You're dead to me, Janet. So, congratulations. (laughs) It looks like the United States is the winner. So, for this week at least, they are the greatest nation in the entire world. Perhaps they can celebrate by forcing the UK team to drink one of those huge Starbucks iced coffees that's bigger than the human stomach. (laughs) Um, I want to see your strawberry blonde face again. (laughs) I'm lying. I miss you already. (laughs) (laughs) Helen, Michael, Brian, Janet thank you for representing your nation so admirably thank you Jesse thank you it was an honour thanks I've never been so proud thanks very much Jesse Um, uh, I've loved every minute of it I just can't wait to get home and tell everyone that that, they fell for my Belfast accent You've been listening to International Waters with me, your host, Jesse Thorne, playing where Brian Safi, Janet Varney, Helen Saltzman, and Michael Smiley with special guest, 
AJ Jacobs. Our theme music is USA versus White Noise by Ladytron. Our special thanks to Ladytron for letting us use that. Please buy their albums in thanks. The script, written by Jordan Morris with Sarah Morgan. The wrestling questions came from listener Steve Bernard Jr. If you think you're up to writing a super fan round, just email us with the topic and some sample questions. Our email address is iw at maximumfun.org. International Waters was engineered at the new Max Fun Studios here in Los Angeles by Nick White with help from our intern Lindsay Pavlis and at Guilt Free Post in London by Chris Morris. Our old world producer is Mr. Colin Anderson. Hey, it's me, Jesse Thorne, the host of International Waters. And me, Colin Anderson, the British producer of International Waters. You're the only producer of International Waters, Colin. Really? You seem to have a lot of people in that studio. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> well, we have, we have an intern who's manning the... Anyway, let's not get so far into this thing. Let's talk about this iTunes review challenge that we put up this past month. How are you guys doing over there in the UK? We are doing brilliantly, Jesse. Just as a multiple of what we had before. It's wow. like five times what we had before. That is spectacular. So you must have, what, hundreds of reviews in the UK iTunes store? Yep, 15 reviews in the UK iTunes store. (laughs) Well, the UK has certainly cleaned the clock of the United States in our contest to decide which nation could get more reviews into the iTunes store. Yeah, I thought we would, because the Brits really rise to a challenge like this. (laughs) You know what I think? I think the addition of a British writer to our team is going to lead to a tsunami of British iTunes reviews. I hope so. Given that most of the first three reviews were complaining that we didn't have a British writer, I'd hope that this is (laughs) going to turn it around for us. Well, we'll see. It makes a huge difference if you review our show in iTunes. So whatever nation you live in, whether it's the United States, the UK, Canada, Abu Dhabi... You got any favorite nations? A review in a foreign iTunes store would be amazing. If you've got one of those, send it to us and we'll put it on Facebook or something. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it's easy to do and it makes a big difference. Uh, And thank you so much to everyone who's done it.